the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Yes, it is the Nick D Podcast. I am Nick DeGilio, and uh, this is episode number 38 of the Nick D Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, the greatest podcast network of all time. My thanks to Ed, everybody at Radio Misfits. Check out radiomisfits.com, and check out all of the, uh, the, the incredible variety and awesome uh, and interesting and really great uh, podcasts that are available here at Radio Misfits. Uh, Jason Skaggs, thank you for that wonderful theme. And we want you to be a part of this podcast, of the Nick D Podcast, whether it be voicemail or email. We read all the emails. We listen to all the voicemails. We read many of the emails, and we play many of the voicemails that you, uh, that you leave for us. So please be a part of the show. Do it right now. Leave your voicemail message, 773-417-6948. Leave your email at nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, before we launch into this particular uh, episode, I do want to uh, mention <clears throat> and acknowledge um, that the horrible tragedy that took place uh, in Texas, yet another uh, mass shooting, um, this time at a school, uh, killing children and adults, um, to try to explain or rationalize what happened is um, impossible, to try to express the depth of pain that people are feeling would be uh, impossible as well. Uh, I do want to acknowledge uh, that um, myself and uh, anybody who puts this podcast together, uh, I'm just speaking for my show, for my podcast, Nick D Podcast. Um, it, this is not something that uh, I am seeking to ignore. This is not something that hasn't affected me. This is not a, a news story that has not devastated me that I do not have an opinion on because I certainly do have an opinion on um, you know, the gun laws and what's been happening and just the how common it is now that we hear about mass shootings every other fucking day um, in this in this country. And, um, you know, to 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 to, to talk about it, it, you know, it's important, but sometimes, you know, it's necessary to 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 try to provide uh, some entertainment during horrible times like this. Um, we're only a couple of days out of what happened. As I record this, um, and it still uh, weighs heavily on everybody in America, on everybody who is a human being, especially on uh, parents um, who I can't even imagine what it would be like to to lose a child, to to just have your child go to school and then get killed and then just not come back. Um, I know that this is weighing heavily on everybody who read about the story, saw the story. Um, and it affected me as a human being. It certainly affected me. And as a person who certainly has thoughts and opinions about what uh, may have caused this and certain things that may go, certain things that could happen that could prevent this commonality from happening yet again. Um, so 
just know that I'm aware of, of you know, news events like this, incredible, unimaginable tragedies like, like this. Um, but my podcast exists, and my show before my podcast, the show that I did on WGN, um, we would talk about the news, we would talk about news stories and things like that. But for the most part, my show exists to take you away from that. And my podcast exists so that you can have an hour and a half or two away from the unspeakable tragedies that happen uh, in this country, particularly this awful thing that just happened a couple of days ago that we still can't wrap our minds around, the loss and the devastation um, that the people are feeling right now, that everybody in the country, particularly the parents and the family and the friends of all the people who were passed away and the kids who were murdered. Um, So know that this is not something that uh, I'm ignorant to, know that it is something that I'm concerned about, I have an opinion about, and I feel passionate about. But also know that my place uh, here is to provide you some entertainment, is to provide you from some escape, uh, to tell you some fun stories, to, to, to have a good time with my friends, to give you information if you want to escape by going to a movie, like today uh, on the podcast. Uh, Eric Childress and Steve Procopi are going to join me. Those are my buddies from the Chicago Film Critics Association. They review movies with me every two weeks. We're going to talk about the big summer releases. Memorial Day is this weekend, so obviously every Memorial Day for years now, uh, the, the big studios release their giant summer movies, and the, you can't get any bigger than the Top Gun sequel. So we'll review that and tell you about Bob's Burgers and, and wrap up the Chicago Critics Film Festival. We'll tell you all about that. And then Esmeralda Leon will join me, one of my best friends in the world, my, my, my co-conspirator and my partner on this podcast. She agrees with me that we're, you know, like the intention here is to provide you some fun, some entertainment, to get you away from the heaviness of what's going on in the world. And I, and, I, and I like to think of uh, the, the stuff that Esmeralda and I do as stuff that you can identify with, that you can have a laugh with, that you can have some fun with. And we're going to talk about when nature strikes back. Waters wash up creepy dolls' heads. We've got jumping worms that could kill you and crazy hamsters that might, that might murder you. So we're going to have some fun with that. And we're going to continue taste testing weird candy. Today we're going to eat boogers. So this is what we want to do. We want to provide some entertainment and have some fun. So no that I uh, am aware of the news story. I'm not ignoring it. I have definitely opinions about it. It's devastating, and I'm not going to say that it hasn't affected me in, any, in, in every kind of emotional way and, 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 and all of that. But this podcast and my shows before it, like I said, exist to entertain, to take you away for a couple of hours, um, and then get back to it. It's important stuff. It's, it's a news story that we need to think about and hopefully to fix if possible. Um, not just through thoughts and prayers, but for, for, for actual actions that could change things and stop these tragedies from fucking happening all the time. <clears throat> so, but my job is to entertain you, and that's what I'm going to do, and that's what we're going to do. Eric and Steve and I are going to talk about movies and tell you what you can see and what would be fun to do that. Esmeralda and I are going to have more fun than we always do have, and we're here, and this, this exists. And I want you to know that um, despite the fact that I'm not on every night like I was uh, when I was on WGN, Twice a week, you can count on me to entertain you, to have some fun, to have some interesting guests, to have some really cool stuff, some fun topics, and some, you know, some good interviews. And I'm here, uh, just know that I'm here. And, and my job is to take you away from some of the crap that happens in the world and provide you with a couple of hours of entertainment, interesting topics, cool guests, and just some goofy-ass shit. So uh, I wanted to say that. So, you know... Uh, let's let's just have some fun, okay? That's that's what the job is. And look who look look look. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. She loves my show. 
All right. Uh, so anyway, the Nick D podcast here on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Uh, hey, uh, the movie reviews and uh, all kinds of really cool stuff coming up with uh, Steve and with Eric uh, after I say congratulations. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh, yeah. Don't be a jackal. It is movie time every other week uh, on Friday, uh, the second Friday, or the, well, every other Friday. We review movies here. Uh, Eric Childress and uh, Steve Procopi uh, are my buddies. We review movies and talk about uh, you know movie topics and all kinds of cool stuff. Big uh, uh, releases to talk about, at least one huge release. Uh, Memorial Day is, you know, typically, even though it's been a little bit weird for the past couple of Memorial Days, typically that's when the launch mm-hmm. of the big summer releases happen. So we've got a couple of those to talk about. Let's say hello to uh, first to uh, Eric Childress. Hello, Eric. Hello. How are you, buddy? I'm doing just fine. Okay. And uh, tell everybody where they can read you and hear you and all that good shit. Yeah, so the good shit can be found uh, on Apple Podcasts and Now Playing Network. Uh, my podcast, The Movie Movie Madness, uh, Steve uh, Pacopi is a regular weekly guest on there, as well as Sergio Mims and other people. And uh, The Friendship Dilemma, another podcast I do with Morgan Geyer, uh, can also be found on the same network. Okay. Uh, and Steve, Procopi is my, uh, is my other uh, guest here uh, every, uh, uh, week, every other week. Uh, Steve, we can read you and hear you and see you and all that shit. Uh, thirdcoastreview.com for the movie reviews, and then just hanging out at the Music Box Theater most weeks, where I am the PR manager. So there you go. I'll, I'll be there this weekend for a couple sweet looking matinees. So, or no, sorry, it's a midnight and a matinee. So midnight and anyway. a matinee. <laughs> What's yes. the midnight matinee that you that you're talking about? It's it's two different. Uh, oh God, now you're gonna ask the the, the midnight is some Taiwanese blood-soaked thing. I wish I could oh. remember the title. Yeah, yeah, I can't uh, remember the title. It's like Screaming Bloody Swords or something yeah. like that. Yep. And and um, and then the matinee, I'm going to try to make it to Life Aquatic, uh, which isn't isn't my favorite Wes Anderson film, but I also haven't seen it, I think, since it came out, so I'm going to yeah. give it another shot. But okay. um, but I look at who's in it, and I'm like, why didn't I like this? So I'm, I, I'm going to check can, it out I can, again. <laughs> I, can give you, I can give you plenty of reasons why you didn't like it, uh, mm. Steve. <laughs> I can, I can definitely give you plenty of reasons. Well, speaking of the music box, um, yeah. uh, the last week at this time, uh, you guys were wrapping up um, a full week of the Chicago Critics Film Festival, um, of which I went to six of the seven nights mm-hmm. and saw fifteen movies, not counting well, sixteen if you count um, if you count Boogie Nights, um, but I not counting. Boogie we do. Nights. We All right. Well, then it's I saw uh, then I saw six I saw sixteen <laughs> movies uh, there, and um, uh, the majority of which I really liked, which is k- kind of amazing. I would I would absolutely without hesitation rep- uh, recommend eleven of those fifteen, which uh, uh, is you know it's a, that's a pretty good goddamn you know percentage mm-hmm. right there. 
Uh, I would definitely recommend uh, 11 of them and then um, not recommend a couple of them, and I hated two of them. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I just, first of all, want to say congratulations to you guys. Uh, seriously. Thank um, you. Thank you, know, you very much. Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, it was run without, I don't know, I mean, I wasn't working behind the scenes or anything, but it seemed to be running without a hitch. Uh, it went beautifully. Uh, I think the all the guests had a great time. The audiences had a great time. Uh, I think the music box did a fucking bang up job in terms of staffing it and doing a great job, keeping things running uh, and doing all the stuff you need to do to run a festival. And you guys uh, did a top notch job. I, uh, I, I thought it was fantastic. And it was the first time in the nine years you guys have been doing it that I spent a significant amount of time uh, mm-hmm. at the theater and enjoying the festival and seeing a bunch of movies. So uh, bravo. You guys did a, a great job. A really, Thank really you. great job. Um, it was great seeing was, you there. For, well, it was for, fun, for man. It was, week, you know? it was fun to hang out and, you know, like just bullshit with you guys, uh, you <laughs> know, like in between movies, just hanging out and, mm-hmm. you know, at the music box, just bullshit. And that was great. Right. That was, you know, like that was half the fun. And then seeing all the movies and stuff was, was really cool. Um, but you guys programmed the hell out of it. You know, like I said, out of the 15 new movies that I saw, I would absolutely, without question, recommend 11 of them, solidly. And a few of them I loved. (laughs) My issue was with the opening night movie and the closing night movie, uh, uh, which both of them I hated. Uh, And and, and, and so uh, that was, I just find that really, I think that, I find that hilarious that the the two movies that I dissed, (laughs) <laughs> that I that I disliked the most, that I actively actively hated, were your opening night movie and your closing night movie, <laughs> and, and one I, of which won our audience award. Yeah, which yeah. I can't, I, <laughs> which I'm not surprised by, considering how somebody's phone yeah. is uh, going a little bit crazy there. Um, that, which I'm not, which I'm not surprised by, considering you know I was in that audience that voted for it, yeah. and mm-hmm. I was the only person in the in the in the entire room that was having a fucking miserable time watching that movie. <laughs> Um, but everybody else loved it. And I knew as soon as I walked out, I said, well, you know, I was predicting that the Emma Thompson movie would win. Um, you weren't far off. Um, you know, audience poll, because that's the one that, you know, like as far as yeah. audience stuff, I, that's the one that I would have like voted for. In terms of just like pleasing an audience, that's the one that did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just find it really strange. And obviously this was not planned. I was looking forward to both <laughs> of those movies very much, you know, uh, especially uh, I Love My Dad. I was really looking forward to that. And, and it, I just 15 minutes in, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a long night. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I did not stick around for the q and I didn't stick around for the party because I didn't want to be the one asshole that wasn't having a good time. And I didn't want to walk up to Patton Oswalt and go, hey, how you doing? That movie sucked. Nice to see you. And it was the worst performance you've ever given as an actor. But thank you. Uh, you know, didn't want to do that. So I just split. But um, outside of that weirdness of like <laughs> your, your, your opening film and your closing film that I hated everything else in between I had a fantastic time um and I loved uh some of the movies and I and I really the the movie that that I liked the most the movie that that came in on the you know on the top of my list doesn't have a distributor um which is to Leslie that was my favorite uh Mm -hmm. the film that destroyed me that I love the most out of all of them and it doesn't I think it's the only one that doesn't have a distributor um out of all the ones that I've seen and I hope someone really uh, gets in there and finds it. It can't not. I really, I can't imagine that movie not getting, I mean, even just a streaming service picking it up. Because, um, you know. Just it's, for the, it's going to. Just for the, the, yeah. the, the, uh, the Andrea Riceboro central performance, for Christ's sake, people need to see that alone. So, but anyway, um, did you guys have a great time? Was it, was it, was it good? Was it, was it good for you? <laughs> yeah, it, it ended up being one of the most successful festivals we've had to date. And uh, given... 
you know, that we're two years into a pandemic and, you know, that, you know, people are still not sending all of their uh, guests, you know, people associated with the movies still. That's still uh, kind of a shaky proposition sometimes. The, the audience, I think, has gotten to a point that they trust what we program. And that really showed, like, you know, not everything, we, we, we want everything to be filled, but even, like, the stuff that normally on a, you know, in past years might have drawn 20 or 30 people, we're, you know, getting, like, 60, 70 people mm-hmm. this year, and that adds, and that really adds up. So you can you really see a growth there that the audience respects what we're bringing uh, to yeah. the program. I think well, that's the big thing. Yeah. Steve, what about on your end? How did you feel about the? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm a, I'm a big. I, I want our guests to be happy with the way things go, and I think everyone. The one, the one day that you weren't there, we played a movie called Straighten Up and Fly Right. And yeah. Those folks were beside themselves in that theater. They, they, and they did not know like the reputation of the theater and the kind of movies that it plays, but they soon figured out that like. If they talk to anyone down the line and say, hey, we premiered our film in Chicago at the Music Box, people were going to go, holy crap, how did you do that? Like that's yeah. and they were they were and, the, and one of the, the the lead actress kept coming back to the theater like the next day a couple of times to buy more like T-shirts and stuff. She just yeah, wanted to have cool. all the merchandise to give people. But and also I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that of our audience, I won't go into the scores, but like of, of the audience award. I mean, everything was eligible except for the old, the older titles. Um, that there was a lot of, let's say, variety and scores because, especially mm-hmm. in the horror films that we played, and they weren't all highly scored. And I liked that. I liked challenging people a little bit and taking people out of their comfort zones and showing them things that they might not necessarily get to in the course of their year. And yeah. you just cram it all into one week. They're like, they just give themselves over to us for a week or the better part of a well, week. And they see stuff that they're just like, holy crap, yeah. I would never have seen that. And probably for good reason sometimes. Well, but... I mean, there's, there's no, you guys, you guys, you did a remarkable job. Real quick, let me, I'll fly yeah. down my list in order of what I yeah. like the most mm-hmm. to the, what I, uh, to the least. Uh, number one for me was two, two Leslie. Number two was Resurrection with another, those things in common have, by the way, can I just say this? There seemed to be, and, and I don't know if you guys even realize this in your programming, mm-hmm. but it was a strong series of movies for lead female performances. Like mm-hmm. seriously, always, always some, for that. some yeah. really fucking strong lead performances by women, not just lead performances, but strong female performances. Um, um, even in that, in the movie that I, even in that cha-cha movie, uh, Dakota Johnson's terrific in that. Um, uh, Resurrection at number two, number three, speak no evil. Uh, mm-hmm. Number four uh, was uh, good luck uh, to you, Leo Grand speaking Grand, which uh, I mean, Emma Thompson's unbelievable in that movie. Uh, number five was Marcel the Shell with shoes on, and I'm counting Jenny Slate uh, as <laughs> one of those. Uh, number six was Watcher, and I'm counting, uh, what's her name, Micah uh, Monroe, M- yeah. Monroe uh, who was awesome in that. Number seven is Piggy. I'm counting the, the, the girl from that who was great in that. Number eight, Benediction. Number nine, uh, Both Sides of the Blade. Number 10, Hold Your Fire. Uh, number 11, uh, Emily the Criminal. Number 12, Inuo. Number 13, Flux Gourmet. Uh, uh, number fourteen, good luck. And I'm sorry. Number fourteen is uh, the de- the uh, cha cha, and then number fifteen was I love my dad. Um, that was the, those were the ones I saw, and that was the order that I saw them in. So, uh, or or th- that I had the preference for them. But ag- again, congratulations uh, on on yeah. what I mean. You'd say it was a bang up job. It was it was incredibly impressive and really really cool. 
Um, so anyway, we'll, we'll look forward to the 10th anniversary of the Chicago Critics Film Festival next year. Oh, yeah. So. Um, so we're going, we, we're going for a full month next time. No, no. Right. <laughs> so um, we uh, we we uh, are going to talk about some uh, uh, some new movies, including Crimes of the Future, which is David Cronenberg's new movie. Which, for people who want to get a little behind the scenes, you, you, Steve, you, Eric, and myself, we were just together at that screening a few hours ago, mm-hmm. a yep. couple mm-hmm. of hours ago. So we're going to review the brand new uh, David Cronenberg movie, Crimes of the Future. Um, but while we were in that screening, as soon as it was over, we found out that Ray Liotta passed away. Yeah. Um, 67 years old. Don't know how he died uh, j- j- just yet. He was only 67. He died in his sleep on location um, in uh, the Min- Dominican Republic uh, while he was filming a film uh, and passed away. And obviously, Ray Liotta, a, a terrific actor, great actor, um, and way too young to go. I mean, we lose Fred Ward a couple of weeks ago, and now uh, Ray Liotta. Um, and uh, I just want to mention, everybody mentions Goodfellas, obviously. You know, that's what you go to. And Something Wild. I, do you guys remember the first time you saw Something Wild? Because Oh, yeah. I mean, the first <laughs> time I saw it was at, at, at a press screening. I was sitting next to Roy Leonard. And, I mean, the movie is fucking amazing, obviously. It's one of my favorite Demi movies. But, I mean, I didn't know who the hell Ray Liotta was. Had no idea who he was. One of the best, and it's not his first movie, but one of the f- best uh, first performances i've ever seen by an actor he just came in and and stole that movie uh but what about you guys you remember seeing something wild for the first time and and the and the effect that ray Liotta has well i think i mean i i I can't remember when it's precisely when i saw it i didn't see it right away in 1986 when it came out i was aware of it uh i Mm -hmm. think i saw maybe a year maybe even two years after it had come out uh so i knew i was sort of prepared for the Ray Liotta reveal, basically, in the movie. Yeah. So I was waiting for that moment. So it wasn't really quite the surprise. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but yes, I mean, the presence that he has and the way that he plays with Jeff Daniels, it was really, I mean, that performance is, was like a, a bit of a watershed moment in how I view people who sort of condescend, condescendingly try to take me under their wing kind yeah. of thing, you know, yeah. and I just, I just, I think of, when I, when I see people like that in real life, I think of Ray Liotta in that movie, I'm just like, no, watch out for this guy. Yeah, well, I mean, it was, it's, it's a, it's a pretty stunning performance, it was, he was scary and hilarious, uh, and um, it was amazing. Steve, what about you, first time you saw uh, that movie? Um, the, I, I remember, I, I'm fairly certain it was my first exposure to him, and I remember very immediately thinking, well, that guy will always play villains. Like, cause mm. he's terrifying in that movie to me, yes. and yeah. Yeah. and it's just something. It's just something. Just like the way he, even the way he smiles, is terrifying in that movie. Yeah. And oh, yeah, um, it's not. It's not. It ain't right. It ain't right. And yeah. and uh, but but weirdly enough, then like somewhere right around there, he also you know played shoeless Joe Jackson. I'm like, oh, he's so sweet. Look at him. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's it's in Field of Dreams, I should say. Yeah. But yeah. It, it's it's uh. So yeah, he he had he had more of a range sometimes than we give him well, credit for. But, I, I think um, that you know obviously yeah. you know like I said you know like the, the the main one that everybody goes to is Goodfellas. I mean that's the yeah. of course you know that's the big one. But I want I just want to mention the most recent thing that I loved him in uh, was Marriage Story. He's fucking yeah. great. He's great in that in Marriage Story. He's so great in that. Um, you know like you know like him and Laura Dern were just like the polar sort of like the opposite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the lawyers in that. And they were both magnificent in it. Um, I loved him in Killing Me Softly. 
um, which is, you know, uh, I think an underrated movie. If you want to talk about comedy, because he's funny as hell. Ray Liotta was funny. He could be funny as hell. I loved him in Heartbreakers. Absolutely. Um, uh, mm-hmm. The, the uh, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sigourney Weaver, Gene Hackman movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, would you, you agree with that one, uh, Eric? I heard you jump in. Oh, my, oh 100%. That, that, yeah. that movie is, is very underrated. I think it's a, it's a, it's a terrific comedy. Yep. But Ray Liotta, who, who kind of bookends the movie with yep. his performance. And, and yep. it's not just, it's not an atypical villain performance there's like a real arc yeah. and a heartbreak to yeah. that character he yeah. so he really brings it in that and shooting the fish and everything it's just yeah. it's so funny he's he's great in that i love him in observe and report uh the, <laughs> yeah the, i loved him in that and uh and i you know i'm a big fan of like a, a lot of movies that people don't like like i love i'm a huge fan of identity which is a movie that i know everybody hates yeah uh, and i loved him in that uh i loved him in copland i loved him in turbulence um, I will. I I fucking love them in turbulence, and I will back no escape to the day I die. Amen, brother. <laughs> Amen, I, brother. I, I love that movie. I love him in it. And, and Lance um, uh, Hendrickson posted a really nice posted a really nice thing mm. um, on on social media about working with him specifically. You know, uh, in the stories that he had about No Escape. But I mean, you know, and then some of the other ones, uh, the, you know, like uh, he played Frank Sinatra in the Rat Pack, and he was quite good in that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, but those are the those are the ones that I, I wanted to mention. But I definitely wanted to mention the fact that he could do comedy. He showed up on sitcoms and, and every once in a while. But if you've not seen Heartbreaker, seriously, uh, it is a surprisingly sort of three dimensional role in a you know in in a comedy, and he's great in it. Um, and he was, he was a great actor. And I mean, you know, obviously what can you say about Goodfellas? I mean, you know, I mean, he's in that movie with, you know, like some of the biggest actors in the world and he not only holds his own, but is like, you know, like better than everybody, (laughs) everybody (laughs) in the movie. Uh, so, but yeah, 67 years old. That's a really shitty thing to find out after walking out of a movie that I really enjoyed. That was, yeah. That sucked. I'm sorry to be the bearer of that bad news, but I didn't no, yeah, you're the out. one who told me. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I appreciate you're it. You're welcome. Well, I didn't want um, you to hear it from anybody else, Nick. No. Uh, is, so, what, what is there? I mean, besides uh, like something wild and Goodfellas, and is there anything else that you wanted to like, Steve? Is there another performance that you wanted to point out? Anything else? I'll I'll point out something I just saw him in last year. That uh, one of the C- Steven Soderbergh's recent movies, No Sudden Move. I think he's oh yeah really good in, and yeah. I mean, he's only in it for like a little bit, but I remember him very well. Yep. Uh, and actually, it, I mean, not that the movie was very good, but even what he does in The Many Saints of Newark uh, is pretty <laughs> impressive. He, oh, yeah. He's almost like in his, he's almost like in his own movie. In yeah. The best thing, thing about and, that movie. I totally forgot. Saying, like, <laughs> I totally forgot about that. I totally forgot that yeah. that was an even. I totally forgot that that was even a movie. Quite frankly, yeah. uh, so did that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Eric, was anything left out that you wanted to mention? Uh, I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of Narc. I, I think Narc. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, Patrick, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. he's really good in that. And I just want to re- reiterate uh, Field of Dreams because, like Steve had mentioned, you know that you know he, he went from a villain to playing this sweet guy. And I just there's a moment in Field of Dreams. Yeah, I know. The exactly first time. Yeah, well, maybe not. <laughs> but the, the first time that he uh, appears on the field and he's leaving for the first time, he turns back to Kevin Costner and he says, "Can I come back again?" Yeah, and it's just well, this wonder. It's like he feels like a child. 
yeah. in that moment. And it's so he is. sweet. And he is. It's, but there's it's also that moment where, but there's also that moment because, you know, because like his laugh is so like yeah. uh, <laughs> insane, you know, like yes. in good, Goodfe- in Goodfellas. I mean, that's like a, one of yeah. the most pop, one of the most popular memes in the history of memes right. is, you know, the whole laughing thing. And in something wild. I mean, when he laughs in something wild, yeah. it's like, this guy's nuts. Yeah. But there's that moment in Field of Dreams where he says, like, um, when he was talking about Ty Cobb. Was it Ty Cobb? Ty Cobb, yeah. Yeah, when he was an asshole, we, didn't, we asked him not to come back. And he goes, ha, 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 and yeah. he laughs. It's like, uh-oh, <laughs> wait a minute. You know, at that point, at that point, you know, like, uh, something wild was only a couple of years old. I'm like, hold on a minute. Is Shoeless Joe going to kill everybody? <laughs> so, but um, anyway. I'll also, th- I'll also throw one guilty pleasure on the huh? Ray Liotta list. Unlawful entry. No uh, guilt. No, yeah. no guilt. <laughs> No guilt. I'm a fan of that movie. No guilt. That's Jonathan Kaplan, man. Isn't that Jonathan no. Kaplan directed that movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kurt Russell, you can't, you know, I mean, come on. I know. I, you know. There's no guilt. So You're anyway. Right. There's no guilt. No guilt. No but guilt. Ray Liotta, Ray Liotta, God bless him, man. So anyway, rest in peace, Ray Liotta. That sucks. All yeah. right. All right. Well, a couple of big movies, one really giant movie, uh, and, and another pretty big one, you know, one that is based on a very popular, well, I guess a very popular animated series, at least it's popular in my world where I live, uh, in my world. Uh, Bob's Burgers, the movie, uh, is the first one that comes out this weekend, this Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Steve, why don't you, because uh, I know that, uh, Eric, you have not seen it. No. no okay. Uh, do you watch the show, Eric? No, I've never seen an episode of the show. So oh, wow. I'll okay. be going in, wow. when I do see this, I'll be going in completely clueless. Okay. Um, you really will because they don't really make any effort to int- re- like to introduce these characters yeah. to a new audience oh, either. Well, I mean, I, I don't. I really don't think. I really don't. Well, okay. Listen, right, uh, Steve, tell us about the you know what happens in yeah. Bob's Burgers, obviously based on the on the TV show. Yeah, it's re- it's really just an elongated version, like an episode of the TV show. There there aren't like super high stakes here, although the story basically be- begins with the the Belchers uh, at. At a at a bank. Well, actually, that's not the beginning, but the, they're at a bank. They're about they're in danger of losing the business because they're going to be late with a loan payment, and so they're like, okay, we got to like double down. We got to crank out the burgers. We got to sell, and they think they can do it, and then suddenly a sinkhole opens up in front of their store, <laughs> right. and there's literally no way to get to the front door of their store. So they in full panic mode. Um, but then there is a discovery of a skeleton in the hole. And the, which we learned from the beginning of the film, there was a murder. We don't know who was murdered. We don't know who murdered. But uh, so there's there's sort of these two storylines going on. One um, about them trying to earn money uh, to pay back their bank loan uh, and their and their rent to their landlord, who's played by uh, voiced by Kevin uh, Kevin Klein. And then, uh, but then there's this other murder investigation story that the kids kind of take. Uh, take charge of, and they want to. They figure if they can find out who committed the murder, uh, they can get in good with their uh, landlord, and right. who is accused of the murder, and uh, and maybe have get to skip a, a rent payment or two. So, so this is it, and it all kind of culminates in a big standoff at the the pier that's sort of at the end of their street, and there's a whole carny army, and um, yeah, and there's and I, I'm not going to give away who killed who or whatever, but it's just, it's just kind of great to see, to see and hear all of these familiar voices, including some of the supporting characters. Uh, but just hearing like John Benjamin and John Roberts and Dan Mintz and Eugene Merman and Kristen Shaw, all kind of just doing the thing that they do on TV every, yep. every yep. week. So 
Um, but then like, there's a slew of guest voices, most of which are playing characters they played on the show before. Um, and yeah, they, there's, I, think, I think there's a little bit more use of 3D animation in certain places, especially with buildings and things like that. But it's pretty much... I think the only, the only problem with the film for me is that so many of the jokes are so... And on this is this goes for the TV show are sort of so subtle that you miss them, like little comments from from Eugene Merman or or Tina or whatever. Like they you just they sort of say them off to the side and you almost miss them if you're not listening for them. That's how it is on the TV show, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was laughing my ass off at some of those asides. But like the people in the audience were completely missing them, I think they were kind of going for the bigger sight gags, and yeah, I mean, I think Kevin Klein kind of walks away with this movie to a certain degree mm-hmm. uh, because he just has some of the best lines. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it really just it just kind of comes down to this family, and uh, and it, it, I mean, to me, like I said, to me, it's just a long episode of the show, so it's I don't think unlike this maybe the Simpsons movie, the South Park movie, it doesn't try to get bigger uh it just gets longer (laughs) so um and that's fine like i'm okay with that i know some people have been a little critical of it because of that but um but if you're like like i said if you're a fan of the show it's just like getting a big bonus episode this season so yeah i i well and you didn't mention the the musical numbers which are awesome yeah um and i mean you know i mean that's that's again you get that in the in the tv series as well Mm -hmm. but like the the opening number especially the opening number Mm -hmm. in in this movie in bob's burgers is just a damn delight and and it (laughs) it establishes all the characters and i actually think you know eric i think that you're actually going to enjoy this um even if you i think uh, some of the stuff like the character quirks and some of the some of the jokes right out the, right out of the gate you're not going to quite get cuz you don't know the characters mm-hmm. but i really don't think that the the enjoying this movie depends entirely on you knowing the series i really don't think that i really okay. don't uh, and again i can't be objective cuz i love the sh- i love the show <laughs> so it's hard for me to be objective but i actually think that this movie although i will say this the critic screening that i went to um which was happening while you guys were doing your uh, your your fest. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that's why I missed Straighten Up and Fly Right because I was watching Bob's Burgers. Um, but 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 uh, I will say this: it was me and two other guys on the other side of the screening room that were laughing at all the shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we were clearly we were clearly the only three true fans of the show because <laughs> we were laughing like right out of the gate. There are character quirks and jokes right at, in the first scene. You know, Steve, like right in the first scene. It's yeah. like, oh, you know, we know this character, we know this quirk, we know this joke. And right out of the gate, I was laughing my ass off. But um, I loved it. I thought it was just great. I thought it was massively entertaining. If you like the show, you'll love the movie. Uh, and like you said, uh, it doesn't try to do anything more than just be like a 90-minute version of an yeah. episode of Bob's Burgers. But you know what? That's fine for me because I love the show and I love the characters. Um, so I thought it was great. I thought it was great. And, I, and, they, and they do a few PG-13 jokes in it that they don't kind of do on the on the even though the show is yeah even though the show was pg-13 until i got there i was like oh interesting and i mean you know (laughs) the show the show itself is edgy when you watch the show you know on fox it's edgy but they go a little further they do a few jokes in there where you go ooh, naughty you know and and i thought that was kind of fun but i loved it i thought bob's burgers was great and of the two uh memorial day movies that came out this that come out this weekend uh that that's the only one that's worth a, <laughs> worth a look. Uh, the other one <laughs> is going to make forty billion dollars, um, and that's uh, the sequel that I certainly wasn't asking for, but I guess everybody else was. 
Top Gun Maverick. Uh, all right, Eric, why don't you give us give us the rundown on Top Gun Maverick? Oh, absolutely, Nick. Uh, yeah. Okay, so Top Gun Maverick uh, has been sitting sitting in the can basically for a couple of years. It's been delayed a few times because of the pandemic, and the movie assumingly takes place in present day. We'll we'll, we'll say that much. Uh, and uh, Maverick is part of a team that is testing this new uh, uh, jet fighter jet uh, that uh, is a program that actually gets shut down, uh, but Maverick, being the Maverick that he is, decides to launch the, the plane anyway and try to get it to Mach 10, which is what the objective was. Uh, well, this stunt gets him uh, in trouble, and he gets sent back to Top Gun. You're going uh, back to Top Gun. Exactly, exactly. And so he goes back to Top Gun, uh, not to lead uh, a mission that is being planned there, but to actually teach a whole new crop of recruits uh, for this really dangerous mission to take out this weapons, underground weapons, or rich, rich uranium silo or something like that. Uh, and so he goes back to Top Gun. Uh, John Hamm plays a superior officer that doesn't want him there, but tells him that he was brought there at the insistence of Iceman, uh, who gets played in a one-scene cameo by Val Kilmer. And uh, th- th- then the, the, the general Top Gunny type things happening. There's an old love interest that's actually briefly referenced in the original movie, who's now played by Jennifer Connelly. Uh, the two of them strike up uh, a romance again. He begins teaching the new recruits. One of them, who happens to be played by Miles Teller, and is Goose's son, Anthony Edwards' son from the original movie. And needs to say he has a few beefs with Maverick, not the least of which is pop, prob, most likely getting his dad killed in the first movie. So they have a conflict uh, throughout the entire film, but... Uh, a lot of it is just training for this mission, going, you know, doing the, the kind of exercises that we saw in the original movie, uh, and then ultimately going off on what could possibly be a suicide mission for the, the third act of the movie. Uh, so, Nick, you're not the only one who didn't need a Top Gun sequel. Yeah. I certainly did not as well. I'm not, I'm not a particular fan of the original movie other than the flying scenes, of course. Uh, and, and, and this one from, from jump, this one makes no bones that it's not so much a legacy sequel. It's just a beat by beat rehashing of the original movie. I mean, I could not believe when the film started that it actually comes up with the exact same scrawl that the original movie opened in case you forgot what Top Gun was only one of the most, the most popular movie Tom Cruise ever did. So I think the people are going to see it will know what the school is, but it, you know it it, it 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 the whole movie is beat for beat. I mean, Maverick pulls a stunt, gets in trouble with the brass, gets sent to Top Gun. There's a female interest, love interest in a bar that gets introduced. There, there's an Iceman like character played by Glenn Powell uh, substituting uh, the the place for Val Kilmer. Uh, there's uh, the, the 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 conflict within that. The goose stuff is going on, and then it's all leading up to this spectacular mission against an unnamed enemy, just bad guys in black right. pilot suits. Right. And, and, and the one positive thing that I will say about the movie is that I do think the third act works. I think that 
everything that they put into this movie was making sure the audience knew exactly what the flight plan was going to be, what the maneuvers were going to have to be to complete this mission, what everyone was going to have to do. It was like that's it's like the scene that opens Titanic, yep. and they tell you exactly what the Titanic's going to do, so you know what happens. And I think the third act mostly works, with the exception that it, it can't it, it can't help itself but have not one but two Dewey X Machina Machinas. And that were that just completely drain away the tension and, and and you know when I the thing that I was curious and most looking forward to with this movie was the idea of being a legacy sequel. I like the idea of revisiting characters 20, 30, 40 years down the road and see how they've aged, see how they've changed, regressed. Let's let's see, let's catch up with some of these people. Uh, let me give what, you let me give you a good a good example of of, of that. Please, Train Spotting Two. That's a very that, good, uh, that's very a, good example. Yes, 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 an excellent example of that. Yeah. And so going into this, I was like hoping that they were going to take the Maverick journey a little more seriously. That he was still going to be cocky, but maybe he's grown up a little. He's got regrets with the goose stuff. He's been, you know, hammered a little bit by life. But no, he's. I mean, this movie, assumingly, takes place thirty, almost thirty-five years since the original. It may as well have been nineteen eighty-seven. You know, there's just, there's no growth in any of this thing. This movie literally, not literally, but may as well, it has no screenplay. It absolutely has no screenplay to it. And I am, you know, if if everyone comes out at like the end of the year and gives that Spielberg biopic zero stars across the board, it will not be as surprising as me as the way that people are praising this movie to the hilt. I, I do not understand where the love yeah. is coming from for this movie. Like, they didn't... Like, I don't care if you didn't like the movie, the, the original movie, or, or you did. How do you not re- recognize that this is just a beat-by-beat copy? And, yeah, yeah I'm going to have to call out some of these people when they, you know, they, they criticize something else down the line for the yeah. same reasons. Yeah. It's not All good. Right. No, it's not. Steve, what did you think? Um, oh, it looks like we're out of time, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no. Uh, it, it, honestly, in my notes, the first thing I wrote in my notes is, has nothing else happened in this guy's life since Top Gun? Like, literally, there is, like, there's, did he not have, like, another significant love interest? Has he not had any emotional growth? Has he not had any other losses that might have equaled or surpassed what happened to Goose? It doesn't seem like anything has happened in his life in these 35 years and I, I i can't i find that so hard to believe has he not gone anywhere done anything it's he's like an empty shell of a guy and like you could sort of excuse that in the first film because he's young but here he ain't young and he had he's tom cruise turned 60 in like yeah. two months so yeah. like yeah. he's not he's lived a life in theory so so i will also say that that um the basically if you if you don't if you didn't come back in this film you either didn't exist or you're dead like that's basically how they treat anyone who does it was in the first film that isn't here i i'm assuming kelly mcgillis aged out uh meg ryan don't don't even come back yeah don't even get me (laughs) don't even get me started on the on the kelly mcgillis thing i mean i can't yes so 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 but but somehow Val Kilmer makes it back and I and I get it. I I I am I'm glad the guy's getting a paycheck. I'm glad the guy's getting work and seen. Um so I'm not I'm not in any way saying that's a bad thing that he's in this movie, but I'm saying 
there and, and but at the same time i kind of am because it doesn't like it's not a, an important scene i don't think it's a particularly good scene um i think it's i mean i think it, again it's, it's good that he's in it I, okay now that being said i'm gonna uh, yeah eric is right the ending of the last third of this movie is is pretty solid if only because i understood the geography and the mission and like everything that was going on um with the, with the with the mission with the like there, there's a, a couple of the cast a couple of the guys end up having to bail out of their planes and so there's a whole other like thing going on in the ground that i thought was kind of interesting and i also like that because it's different than the first film and if you're not i mean i, I get it like nostalgia i heard someone say recently nostalgia is for those who are afraid to face the present I, I might agree with that on a certain level this the people who wrote this movie sure as hell agree with that they're they're like afraid to introduce anything new uh to, to this story and it you know like it, it's it's supposed to this movie is supposed to i, I you know you, you're gonna make a movie about like maverick and i don't know if they'll do another one i doubt they'll do another one but um like i said he's 60 and there is like there are hints of him showing his age here um and there's a but there's a whole slew of new characters that i thought they were going to kind of turn the movie over to and then they don't. They kind of tempt you with that, and then they take it back. I will say there are two characters. I don't even know their the actors' names, but there's a. The, the, I think she's the only woman in the whole group whose name is Phoenix. And then there's her partner named Bob. I, those are the only two people of that group that I really felt interested in. Where did these two morons come from? Like, because Bob is sort of a nerd, and and she's just like this tiny little thing, but she's like tougher than all of them. And so I, I was sort of interested in them, but again, not delivered does not follow through. We don't get to know them any more than we get to know anybody else in this movie. Um, just like, show me you, show me you're trying. That's all I'm like, show me you're trying. And this is from uh, Joseph Kaczynski who did Tron legacy and oblivion. And he's clearly studied the first film and you know there's a, a dedication to tony scott in this which kind of made me a little well a it definitely belongs there but it also made me a little angry because he's he's just copying him he really is like the look if you had told me the opening sequence which is, eric mentioned before and is set to danger zone which is even crazier if you told me it was a direct lift of the first film i would not have batted an eye like i because that's what it feels like it feels like uh, a lot of a lot of this movie feels like a ripoff. I felt like I was ripped off watching this movie. So anyway, yeah. okay, I fucking hated it. I hated every frame <laughs> of it. Um, and, and I don't give a shit about the last third. I don't care about the third act. Didn't care about the characters. Oh, look at the flight. Blah blah blah. You know what? I remember going to Great America. You know, uh, years ago, and going to a place called Pictorium, where you could go to the big, giant sort of IMAX screen and see hot air balloons and planes and jets. Okay, it was the mm -hmm. same thing. It's, you could do that with this movie, awesome. too, because nobody wrote a goddamn script. Nobody wrote a script. Um, I, I didn't care about it. I, I'm glad that, uh, that Val Kilmer got a check, but the scene that he's in is questionable in terms of taste. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I don't care about, uh, you know, uh, uh, the whole Kelly McGillis thing just infuriates me that, you know, everybody else gets an excuse. All the other characters, they either die or they're mentioned or whatever. And yet, Kelly McGillis's character uh, never is mentioned. Like they don't, they don't say where she is, what she does, nothing. She's completely cut from the movie, and that's because in real life, Kelly McGillis has not had work done. She aged like a sixty-year-old woman, like a, a woman in her sixties has aged naturally. She's overweight. She's not hot. 
Um, and, uh, you know, and obviously has dropped out of the business, but it was better to just completely ignore that character and bring in someone much younger, someone who's nine years younger than Tom Cruise. Kelly McGillis is older uh, and and hot. So let's bring in the hot, you know, younger uh, Jennifer Connelly to be the, the love interest and um, and completely just like it's OK to bring in, you know, like Val Kilmer is fine, even though he can't even talk. But it's okay because he's a man. You can bring in like a guy in his 60s and, you know, and, and play off that. But the woman who's like overweight, who's in her 60s now, the actress that, you know, obviously doesn't look hot anymore, don't even mention her, don't even do anything. With I found that incredibly offensive and typical of the whole thing. Um, I hated it. I hated it. And I don't like the first movie. I don't remember any of the first movie. I remember thinking the first movie was a piece of shit, except for some of the flying scenes. And the same thing holds true here. It's a terrible terrible movie i hated every frame of it and i couldn't it couldn't end quick enough and we saw it in dolby in the big theater so it wasn't like we didn't mm-hmm. see it the way it was supposed to be seen the share the chairs were shaking and all that crap <laughs> um i hated every frame of it i think it is and and again this whole me, you know the the whole meta nostalgia all this bullshit that all these movies just keep coming out i hate all of them i hate the whole idea of them and uh, and this is just I mean, it's just it's awful. And, I, you know, and the thing is, like, I can't wait for the Mission Impossible movies mm-hmm. to come out. I'm looking forward to that. And I love Tom Cruise, but I never liked Top Gun ever. I was never a fan of Top Gun, like my, one of my least favorite, if not my least favorite Tom Cruise movie ever. Um, and I didn't need a sequel to it. And they did nothing. There was no a- attempt at anything in this movie uh, except I'm for pr- loud I'm pretty noises. sure. I'm pretty sure they put out that Mission Impossible trailer just for you, Nick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did. To get you you talking about something else. Else, else beside it. But, I mean, it's like like people people are going... People are going nuts over the over this movie, and, and it's because they haven't been out. Like so many people are like, yeah. they, you know, they go, mm. I'm going back to a movie, so they walk into the theater after not being in the theater for a long time, and then go, "Ooh, look, loud plane, loud. Oh, Tom Cruise smile. Oh, look, blow up. Oh, expect beer. They drink beer. Jennifer Connelly pretty. Ooh, jet loud. And that and that's it. It makes me sick. <laughs> I hated it. All right, uh, we've, we're we're running real short on time. So, uh, Steve. As quickly as you can, tell us. <laughs> well, you can't really. Crimes of the Future, which is uh, David Cronenberg's new movie. Yeah. We can actually get into more details on this at another time, but we just saw it, so we're fresh out of it. Um, a couple of a couple of hours out of it. Um, uh, it, it. This is David Cronenberg's new movie, and it is kind of a a return to the body horror stuff that he used to do that he hasn't done since Existence, uh, uh-huh. and this seems like a, a direct connection to that. It's like this is like I say it's not I must say it's not just body horror it's like the idea of this sort of synthetic environment and the body pain is like a now a a pleasure center and yeah. um and I think someone in the Kristen Stewart in this movie says that surgery is the new sex and yeah. I'm not sure I could pass a test on this movie but I I I did dig where it was going it's actually much quieter and slower and less shocking than everyone has been saying up to this point. I, w- yeah. I want to like moderate expectations. Here. Yeah. Yeah. He's not going for broke here. He is. He's just sort of growing some ideas that I think he's had before, uh, both visually and just intellectually. And that the three leads, Vigo Mortensen, Leah Sadu and Kristen Stewart are all really interesting Um and, and some of the ideas about how the future is going to go in terms of what they call like organ um, registry and 
and evolution and there's some there's some big ideas going on here but there's also some like very small intimate ideas going on here yeah we yeah. can talk about it more later if you want but well, like I, I was i was it, it's a mature it's a mature work yeah for sure yeah yeah um eric what did you what, where, where do you stand on this one what'd you think well i i think i i definitely want to see it again uh i'm definitely sort of i'm kind of right skirting the fence between whether i liked it or i didn't because i think that uh, while I appreciate anyone swinging as hard as Cronenberg does with these ideas, yeah. uh, I, I did feel that it, it, a lot of it does seem like a rehash. It's just a, a, a you know a slight turn of the dial to it in a different direction with the stuff with the, the the body stuff and pain and pleasure and uh, I mean there's stuff from Crash in here and all, all a lot of Cronenberg early stuff is in this underground groups that are trying to sabotage yep. things yep. and whatnot so i mean so it's a lot of familiarity about it uh i think i love what Kristen stewart is doing in she's this movie fen- i think she's the, she's phenomenal yeah, yeah she's i think phenomenal. she's the best thing in it yep. yeah i wanted more yep. of her um you know vigo is playing that kind of part where he's really sick all the time but he still looks <laughs> fantastic yeah. you know so it's um and uh and i just i i and i wasn't i did not expect it to end as abruptly as it yeah. did yeah. i thought that we had like another 20 minutes left honestly yeah. so when that ending came <laughs> i was just like oh shit yeah. um i don't know how i feel about that yeah. Uh, so I really yeah. kind of want to delve into it and explore some of these ideas that are in there because they're in there. I don't know if they're all fresh yeah. from in, given Cronenberg's thing, but it's you know I, I I think he's more in control of his ideas than Alex Garland is recently. Uh, okay. I said all right. it. Okay. All right. Well, now look, I'm not going to comp- I'm not going to compare the two because I've only seen uh a, you know. Crimes of uh, of the Future just, you know, two hours ago, and I've only seen it once, whereas I've seen Men three times. So, uh, oh, my God. I, I, well, no, I loved, I loved, I <laughs> oh, think, Jesus I think Christ. Men is an amazing movie. I think it's one of the best films of the year. Oh, and, Lord. Uh, and, uh, but Crimes of the Future, to me, uh, is, is uh, vintage Cronenberg. Uh, uh, yes, a lot of the ideas he's done before, but I think he explores them in different ways here. Um, and, uh, uh, and also, per, you know, like uh, commentary, there's also commentary about art, in this movie, what constitutes art, what constitutes, and, and again, the whole like pain, sex, surgery, all that stuff. He's done that, the whole body stuff he's done before, but I think he does it in a different way here with a different style. I actually think this is a sweet movie. Um, I really do. <laughs> I, and, and like, I, you know, I went in expecting, because, and, and I'm glad you pointed that out, Steve, because people need to, if you're going in as a Cronenberg fan, you're like, oh man, he's going to blow everybody's head off with this. It's going to be insane. He's going to do it. Nah, it's not. It's actually <laughs> kind of, it's kind of subdued uh, uh, Cronenberg. I mean, there's gross stuff in it. There's stuff in it that might make you go a little bit. But you could take 10 minutes of, uh, naked, uh, of, of naked lunch, you know, at any point in Naked Lunch, and it, it doesn't even come close. You know, it, it, this doesn't even come close to some of the stuff that's in Naked Lunch or even like The Brood. There's even stuff in The Brood that's oh, crazier yeah. than this. Um, mm-hmm. But all that stuff that he, that, he, that he explores, I think, is fascinating. I think he does it in new and interesting ways. And I think the varying of characters... I love the fact that goddamn Ben from Felicity is so crazy great in this, uh, Scott Speedman. Um, and I love the whole idea, you know, like the rebellion, the, you know, like all, it goes all the way back, Videodrome, Long Live the New Flesh, all that kind of stuff is in here. So it's like the greatest hits of Cronenberg, but that's the way I felt about Existence, too, because Existence felt to me mm-hmm. like Cronenberg's greatest hits. And you know what? Cronenberg's greatest hits is better than 95% of any director who works today. Um, so again, I want to see it a second time, but I loved it. I thought it was great. 
And uh, I, th- I found it surprisingly sort of moving and sweet. And I know that maybe that's weird. And everybody in it is great. But Kristen Stewart, you mentioned it, Eric. And uh, mm-hmm. she's phenomenal and continues to do different shit than she's ever done before. This performance that she gives is unlike anything she's ever done. Agreed. Um, And it's so funny and so quirky and so detailed and really when she does stuff with her fingers and her eyes, her voice, like the choice that she made to use that voice and just the, you know, the the temper with which she talks. Oh, it's a great performance uh, among a lot of great stuff in the movie. But look, it's it is it's it's out there. It's it's Cronenberg and it is, you know. Cronenberg, uh, like, you know, like vintage Cronenberg. And I absolutely loved it. And I can't wait to see it again. And that opens June 3rd. So that opens up next week. Mm-hmm. So um, give, it, give, me, give me another time to see it. And, uh, and uh, so, I mean, I know you guys, are, music box. you guys are opening <laughs> it at the music box. And I will be yeah. there to see it a couple of more times. So anyway, uh, we got that. And then, the, then, then the next time we come back, we'll have that goddamn dinosaur movie, right? The, uh, the new, uh, the next time we talk, yeah. right? Yeah. So we'll talk. Yeah. The next time we talk, I guess it's Jurassic Village. Or whatever the hell it's called. Jurassic Di- World Dominion. Right. Where they combine all the Jurassic movies together. Right. Um, and, uh, and I guess that's the next, uh, the next really big one that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there it is. All right. Uh, right. Again, uh, Steve, Eric, again, uh, man, uh, tip of the hat to, to what you guys did uh, with the Chicago Critics Film Fest, man. You should be really proud. And, uh, and uh, I thought it was amazing what you did. I really did. Thank you, man. Um, cool. Yeah, Thanks. Except, except for that opening night and that fucking closing <laughs> night movie. Uh, but no, but great job. And, and, and again, Steve, uh, pass, pass along uh, all that great, the, the great compliments to everybody at the Music Box who, who helped mm-hmm. make it happen. Helped make for it happen. Sure. Congratulations, guys. Really good stuff. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, guys, we will talk to you uh, next time. Sounds good. All right. See you later. All right. Later. There it is. There is uh, Eric and Steve, and they'll be back in a couple of weeks. But you know who's not going to be back in a couple of weeks because she's going to be back now and then back again and again and again is the awesome Esmeralda Leon, who is coming up right now. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esma. I'm talking about that Esma. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esmeralda. Yeah, yeah. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah, yeah. Yourself some asthma, love me some asthma, Esmeralda Leon. Yeah, yeah. It is that time in the Esmeralda. podcast when we say hello to Esmeralda Leon, better known as uh, as uh, as uh, Esma. I'll give you asthma. That's right. I'll give you asthma. Hi, Esmeralda. Hi. What in hell's happening? How are you? Oh, nothing. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well that answers all the questions that need be answered yes so um all right very very cool uh so you were you you found some some uh, some crazy stories i found one about uh jumping worms yes that will kill us all and then <laughs> and then you found a story about hamsters that are going to kill us yeah yes and yes then, yes and then um Water that is washing up creepy doll heads. So we're 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 basically we're going to be all we're all going to be murdered. Uh, is, is yeah. What's oh happen. no, of course we have treated this planet terribly, and now she's exacting revenge. Exactly right. So exactly right. yeah, yeah. Oh. oh, oh. <laughs>
Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and oh, hi, I Carrie. love Nick's show. Hi, Carrie. Hi, I'm hi. Carrie Russell, yeah. and I love Nick's show. Okay, just wait outside. Wow. She's still a little angry about uh, Suzanne. She's also still week. very excited. She, she, well, she loves my show. I don't know how many yeah. times. No, I got that. I got yeah. that from her, <laughs> her statements. Well, you know who else? You know who else stopped by for a visit today? Esmeralda. Who is that? Oh. Oh, boy. Oh. He's here a little early, isn't he? Yeah. Open the coffin. Let me out. Right. Just preparing. He's just very bored. He's like, I got to wait till Halloween. I got to wait till October. Look into my eyes. <laughs> gotcha. He's practicing he even, right now. He, he didn't even ring the doorbell. I didn't even let him in through the door. Well, how did that happen? I forgot to let him. Hold on a minute. Wait a minute. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell. Yeah, I know. Carrie, I, I love Nick's show. I, I understand. Look into my eyes. Gotcha. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell. And All right, don't I fart on Nick's show. Okay, get out, both of you. Did Carrie? Did Carrie invite him? She did because uh, he's a vampire and all. Well, she was mad because I had Suzanne Vega with me, and right, so she's, she's like, like well, "I'm fine. gonna get this vampire. I'm gonna get Count Farchula. <laughs> We're, I'm gonna. You can have Suzanne Vega. I've got Count. Far- <laughs> I've got Count Farchula. Oh, wow. I don't know if so, that compares, but okay. No, it doesn't really, actually. All right, All right Carrie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, Esmeralda, we love to, to talk. And we also, you know, we continue. We still have a, a pretty good amount of candy left we over. We do. Yeah. Well, I was just looking in the bag. I'm like, man, yeah, this- Yeah, we got a lot. We still have a lot of candy. We want to thank Deanna for, for, for sending us just a boatload of weirdly disgusting and crazy flavored candy. Yes. Um, and we've got, we're going to, you know, Esmeralda, we're going to eat boogers today. Can't wait. I mean, I've been, I've been essentially eating boogers <laughs> for a, a while now, just because <laughs> I have sinus issues and you know, like you'll like, if you don't have a tissue around or whatever, you just kind of, what's the word for it? Just snort them back in or yeah, what's the, sniff them right and back sometimes, into the, into the yeah, esophagus. sniff them back, but some, yeah. sometimes, yeah, sometimes they go all the way down. Yeah, and then you're just swallowing them. This, mm-hmm. I'm assuming, will be much more pleasant the box of boogers than what I've been experiencing. <laughs> so, it's, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know. I've been eating a lot of boogers <laughs> lately. Is the is the not quote of the, you know not I not voluntarily? <laughs> no, but that's the quote of the week right there. Esmeralda says, yeah. "I've been eating a lot of boogers lately." You know. It happens. I wish we still did straight out of context. I suppose we could, right? <laughs> no, because then I got to, who's going to go back and do that? I'm not going to go back and yeah, do that. Yeah, you'd I, have to listen to everything and no, like people would have no, to. It, it's a whole to do. Yeah, that's yeah. what I had a goddamn producer for. No. <laughs> exactly. See? See? Invaluable. They are invaluable. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, we've got boogers to taste. So we've got booger mm-hmm. candy. As a, amongst the all the crazy flavored uh, candy, there, you know, maybe ne- ne- maybe starting the next time we do this on uh, on Tuesday, mm-hmm. maybe we can do the blood lollipop. Oh, maybe oh the blood lollipop. Don't tell the vampire. No, don't tell the wait. Wait, who do you mean? What do you what do you, what do you don't mean? Don't tell no, Count Farchula. Wait a minute. <laughs> All right, get out. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell. Yeah, no, I you get out too. I love Nick's show. Okay. He's stinking up my also, back porch. What? I mean, what's crazy is they're like farts of blood. 
Because that's all he eats. <laughs> yeah. Well, you want to know what blood? Food. Want to know what blood Ooh. smells like? Oh, well, oddly, it smells <laughs> like Taco gas Bell. Form? Smells like Taco <laughs> Bell. I don't know how that. I happened. feel like Count Farchula might not be telling you the whole story. <laughs> oh man! Hey, by the way, have you heard that Arby's is now going to serve burgers? I did. Um, I mean, I guess. I mean, I'll try. Are there going to be I, any special? I don't know. It just—I haven't really read. All, but they're gonna—they're gonna add a hamburger to their menu the first time in the in the history of the franchise and in the, in the history of Arby's. They're actually going to have fifty-eight a years. No um, burger from the from the website the takeout. I love the the uh, the headline is is Arby's new burger worth the fifty-eight year wait? Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Um, I just, I don't understand it, but they're, uh, they're actually going to have two, two new Wagyu, Wagyu Ooh. steakhouse burgers. Oh, wait a minute. And I think this is only a limited time. Oh, okay. So we got to get there. We have to find from an May, Arby's. Yeah. From May 23rd to July 31st at select locations. So not all of them. So just a summertime thing. Yeah, we should okay. go. Yeah, we got to go. By the way, you mentioned uh, the takeout. You know who I have to get back on the you have to get on the podcast who I haven't had on? I, she was a regular on my show. Who's that? Uh, Marnie Shore from the from the takeout. Hmm. Marnie's awesome. She's fantastic. Marnie Shore. We got to get her uh, back on to the I got to call her and book her to get on the show. Yeah. On the podcast. I don't, I, she's she's fantastic. I don't think there's any uh Arby's. There are. So there's uh there's uh Essentially, they're downtown. Right. There's well, one on Madison, which is in the it's in the Metra station, whatever that thing is. Okay. Like, I forgot All right. what it's called. All right. It's in I like was a just, food I was court. Just down, I was just down in the loop uh, th- this morning seeing the David Cronenberg movie, the new David Cronenberg there's, film. There's one in the – so there's one over there mm-hmm. in that Metra food court. Do we know and if then, the Merchandise Mart has one? Because that's right – there's an L-stop. Yeah. I don't – think it might not be there anymore okay because that's the one Cause i used to go according to. to yeah i remember that one according to this it is not just google google maps uh is not showing me that one that's too bad uh, there is one on wells which is near there wells and wells maybe and this what? is the one that wells would maybe be that's probably that's probably merchandise mark where uh, if, five north wells that would no mm. no that doesn't i maybe. think this is a standalone you know i think it is if i remember correctly it's like um by the tracks and it's like a real one okay like you can go in and it's just five north wells all right all right well that's the i think that's the probably the easiest one for us to get to right or we can go to niles <laughs> yeah, I guess. But you know what? Like in, in terms of CTA, in terms of CTA, that the one on Wells is the easiest one to get to. Right. Or the yeah. one on Madison. Those yeah. would be. OK, the so ones let's downtown. do that. Let's go. Let's do that at some point between May 31st and August uh, 31st. We also we also have to see if they even have them. <laughs> we'll have to find out if they have the burgers, but we have to try the burgers. We just keep going to all these Arby's. Well, do I don't have, have a burger. Problem. No, I don't have a problem going to, with going, going to Arby's at all. So. I happen to love Arby's. I, I'm not I, a fan of the sandwiches. Oh, man, please. I'm not you don't a like fan the of beef, those. You don't like the beef and cheddar? I I don't like 
the meat. Like the meat looks weird. I don't like it. Well, it's it processed meat. It's like a yeah. Like, I don't want to eat that. Like a loaf of meat. Just like if I mean, if I'm gonna go to the if I'm gonna go to a fast food, I don't want just like a deli sandwich. <laughs> yeah, but but it's Arby's and it's hot. It's like a hot. Yes. You have the, you know, the yeah. Beef I don't like that. You know what? I don't like that either. The beef and I'm cheddar. Not a big fan man. of hot sandwiches. Oh, the beef and cheddar. Oh, it's a, unless it's, unless there is some gravy on there. I don't want your hot sandwich. Oh no, the beef and cheddar. It's hot beef with the cheese sauce on an onion roll. No, it's I the don't. Be- like that. It's the best goddamn <laughs> sandwich. Oh, the best, the best. So. Yeah, I don't want that. Okay. Well. Oh, there's I'll... more. There's one on Randolph, which you know what? That one's probably in the in the uh, Thompson Center. Um, I'm assuming that's actually where I catch my train when I go down. To, I was in the Thompson Center today. I wasn't in the food court, but Clark and Lake is where I get off to when I go downtown because I take the blue line mm-hmm. and I take it to Clark and Lake, and that's where you get off. You're inside the Thompson Center when you get off. So I'll check next time I'm down there. I'll be down there uh, Sunday. I'm going down there Sunday to uh, to go to the movie theater, the River East movie theater, to to watch oh, an yeah. AE, to watch an AEW pay per view. <laughs> All right, that's I how mean, I roll. According to this, that's how I roll, Esmeralda. I'm going by myself. According to their website, yeah. What I mean, what else are you going to do? I know, I know. What else am I going to do? <laughs> so according to this website, well, no, like. I mean, you can't watch it at home, right? No, I mean, unless you? I, you know, no. I'd rather see it. I mean, I don't know if there's an option to buy it on the cable. Well, but see, I would there rather, you go. So you I might as see well it just watch screen. it on a big old screen. It's only about five bucks more than a regular movie. And well, it's not bad. And it's going to be five hours of wrestling. So it's $30, $35? No. <laughs> 20 know. How much are tickets now? I don't know. Tickets are like 15 bucks for a movie. Oh god. Around 15. So it's like 20 oh. it was 22 bucks for this or 23 bucks for the for the pay-per-view. Yeah. And it's and it's it's 5 hours of wrestling. That's a lot. I mean it starts at 6, it ends at 11. <laughs> so it'll just be Well, these. according so according to this Arby's okay, thing, so this website. The Arby's, yes. We can you can get it at the Madison, but if you would like to double check. Okay. Let's do that. Let's make it let's make a plan to <laughs> so do So we can eat some Arby's fancy pants wagyu burgers. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So is it special? It has a special burger sauce. Man, okay. I I'm like excited Arby's. because well, I I love 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 the fries. The curly, the curly fries. fries. Yeah. Yeah, and I like the potato pancakes, but they I dis I think they discontinued the potato pancakes. Mm. I believe they discontinued them, and that was always what I opted for. I know that's a controversial choice because everybody always is talking about the curly fries, and I like the curly fries. I mean, yeah, those curly fries are good. I know. They rule, but I always opt for the potato pancakes. And uh, I, I also enjoy, I enjoy eating the, the um, chicken salad sandwich. Okay. <laughs> All right. Because it's got grapes I, I, in it so, and so you uh, basically, pecans. It, it does, yes. And you got Vin. You got uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, and then I get curly fries with it. So you like, get curly I'm fries with it. So and, excited. Uh, Ving Ving Rames going. You have the meats, right? Oh man, how much did they give him? A Ooh. lot. And he he does a commercial for the ch- for the chicken salad one. This chicken salad is very good. It is very good. Do Ving I Rames. look like a bitch? Does he say that at all? <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. Maybe in his mind. <laughs> oh man. Okay. All right. Well. Uh, okay. We'll plan on that. We'll try the burgers and we'll let everyone know how the burgers are from Arby's. Yes. 
And don't okay. tell us. We'll, uh, we'll if yeah, you go. Exactly. <laughs> if you go. But we do want to hear from you, though. Uh, hey, by the way, leave your voicemails with any questions or comments or anything. We want to hear from you. The Nick D Podcast loves you. 773-417-6948. 773-417-6948. And you can also send us emails, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Any comments, questions, contributions to our lovely show. Nick D Podcast at gmail.com, 773-417-6948. You know, on the last um, episode, the Suzanne Vega episode, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in that first segment where I talk a little bit, I played back a, uh, a wonderful voicemail from one of our uh, subscribers named Patrick, Pat, mm-hmm. uh, or Pete, Pete, sorry, Pete, uh, who is raising his child right. You know why he's raising his child right? Why I say that? Why? Because he showed him Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> nice. And I immediately yeah. was like, that's a good parent. That's a so, great movie. Yes, it is. Oh, it's a good one. Yes, it is. It's so good. All right, so uh, we all know that nature is like we've we've really screwed up the planet, and they're coming after us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so weird because the the David Cronenberg movie that I just saw a, a couple of hours ago, mm-hmm. a few hours ago, the uh, Crimes of the Future, which is with Viggo Mortensen, and um, oh, and by the way, and and Kristen Stewart, who continues to be my favorite like person ever. Um, I love her so much, and she's so amazing in this movie. Unlike anything she's ever done before, um, mm. but anyway, it's about how uh, in the future our bodies are going to change so that we adapt to our surroundings and to our technology to the point where we can be and eat plastic and artificial shit. And it's about us, the human body, actually adapting to what's around us, the surroundings around us. I mean, they already said we got a bunch of microplastics in yeah. our bodies, so yeah. <laughs> Well, it's interesting because we're we're talking about like nature striking back. Well, maybe if our bodies start to morph and and change, like in the David Cronenberg world, we'll be okay. But other than that, I think we're all going to get killed mm, by nature. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> well, do you want to hear the theme that we're going to use for these stories? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. All right. Here it is. You were thrilled by the towering inferno. If you were terrified by earthquake. Then you will be scared shitless by the Samuel L. Bronkowitz production of That's Armageddon. There we go. There it is. <laughs> nice. that's, from, that's from Kentucky Fried Movie. Um, that's what's going to happen. Legendary movie. You'll be scared shitless. So, and that's what it says on the screen, by the way. Giant words. It just says <laughs> scared shitless. Uh, nice. If you've never seen uh, Kentucky Fried Movie, it is the Zucker Brothers and the Abrams guy. It's the movie that they made before uh, Airplane. John Landis directed it, and it's a series of uh, blackout sketches and, and commercial parodies and movie parodies and trailer parodies, and that was a trailer of a disaster. Because back in when that movie came out in 1977, mm-hmm. I mean, disaster movies, every week there was a new disaster movie. You know what right. I mean? Like, every week. So that was just their takeoff on that, so... That's Armageddon. And it also starred, uh, and, you know, they, they go through the cast list. And at one point it's like, and Donald Sutherland as the clumsy waiter. And it's Donald Sutherland <laughs> dropping, dropping cakes and shit. <laughs> you got to see the movie. If you've not seen it, Esmeralda, it's really funny. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it's, it. That's so funny. It's so funny. All right, wait, wait, wait. Here, we'll do it. You were thrilled by the towering inferno. If you were terrified by earthquake, 
Then you will be scared shitless by the Samuel L. Bronkowitz production of That's Armageddon. There you go. All right, are you ready to, to let's start with the what tell tell me about the creepy dolls. That's the that's the first indication that uh, nature is striking back and going to kill us all. Right? <laughs> what? So apparently in a um researchers in Texas and they there's they what they do is they survey the coasts for sea life uh and they do all these experiments and stuff of, uh with the ocean. They have recently been finding uh, essentially creepy dolls and doll heads mm. on the coast. And this is a coastal, <laughs> this is a 40 mile stretch of beach in Texas uh, where they find 10 times the amount of trash they see on other Gulf of Mexico beaches. But the thing is, a lot of it is these doll heads and dolls. I, and I, so the I, reason why is because there is a loop current that goes around there and pushes the debris into that Gulf, into that Texas Gulf. But it just, it's like a lot of like creepy dolls. Well, I don't understand that. Where are they coming from? Does it say? They don't, what... they don't know. I mean, people just drop them. You know, I mean, I, they I'm looking just at, I'm get. Looking at, uh, I'm looking at some pictures and these are terrifying. It's like, you know, those, those creepy dolls in movies and stuff that give you nightmares and shit. That's yeah. what it is. And they're all washing up on shore. I don't understand. Yeah, and this. they well because they look even more frightening because they've been sloshing around in the water and the sand, and then um, yeah, you pick them up and they look all gross. But you know, like they've been like they're actual like children's toys because they actually they have a picture of one that's all like marked up with markers. Yeah. <laughs> so some child like these are actual kids dolls, and I think you know either they they get thrown out or lost in the ocean. I mean, when I was when I went to Mexico this past uh, February, I lost my sunglasses. <laughs> they got <laughs> knocked off my head. So I'm like, "Well, there it goes into the sea. The sea yeah. has taken them." So I'm sure they'll wash up somewhere, sadly. Yeah, but those um, aren't that's not going to be terrifying to find. Like, "Oh, look, no, it's this pair of sunglasses." No, no. But to find some these doll heads. Some yeah. doll heads. I mean, I'm looking at some of these pictures and they're terrifying like they're really scary yeah. it's like nightmare inducing doll faces i mean they've the... even found they even found a sex doll head just yeah. the head though just the head <laughs> but the, i mean the good thing is the nice thing is that these researchers then do a fundraising auction every year with the dolls so some for some reason people want them uh the sex doll head went for 35 dollars <laughs> Well, I mean, they could be like art installations, you know what I mean, Esmeralda? Like you sure. Put sure. them up, put put like a light bulb inside one of them and have it light up. I've seen people do that. Yeah. Like take creepy doll heads and put them over a light bulb, like a lampshade, and then cut the eyes out so the lights beam out, come out from the eyes, from the creepy dead eyes of the of the, of the the doll head. Yeah. You know? You could do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I mean, just find it really strange that, I mean... Who's? I mean, people are just like, uh, let's go to go to it's Texas. It's just the garbage. It's just garbage. It just oh, so oddly man. happens that all these dolls get washed up. It's... I mean, I'm sure it's like something to do with like how heavy they are, so they're easier to like. The water pushes them around easier, maybe. Yeah. Because they're just like light plastic or cloth. Oh, I don't know. And they're covered in like about... barnacles and shit too, so they look. Oh right. Well, yeah. Oh. You know. The sea life makes it their Ugh. home. 
it's just creepy. By the way, this is uh, if people if people want to find this. This was an article that was in USA Today. So yeah. if you want, if you, you just search look up doll heads, doll heads <laughs> USA <laughs> Today, and you'll find mm-hmm. it because there are several pictures and these pictures. And you know, I, I'm I'm telling you right now, listener subscriber, you should check it out. USA Today, do a little search, doll heads, you know, beach, and you'll find it. And when you see these pictures, you'll thank me because you won't sleep for six weeks because they're fucking well, terrifying. Let me make it even worse. Yeah. Uh, had you heard? So this was in like 2021 that this article came out about. Um, so since 2007, nearly two dozen human feet have been found in sneakers, uh, completely Wait. unattached to bodies. What? Uh, on the coast of the Salish Sea. What? Now I don't know where the Salish Sea is. Google, Google um, Maps. But. <laughs> Google map it. Okay, so the Salish Sea <laughs> is a marginal sea. I didn't know seas could be tiny. Of the Pacific Ocean, located in the Canadian province of British Columbia and the oh, U.S. state of Washington. God, it's, so oh, right it's in between Canada and, and, and America. Yeah, right between Canada and Washington, the state of Washington, uh, there have been uh, feet that are just um, feet in shoes. E- yes. So feet, nearly two dozen. That's human re- feet. Human feet found yeah, washed in sneakers. In sneakers. <laughs> now, see, I could understand, you know, it coming from British Columbia if they were human feet found in uh, ice skates. That would make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't question that at all. That makes total sense. But, but yeah, they kept what are finding we ta- them, oh, and without God. bodies, which is like the no, weird. No, what what the hell is happening? What are we doing here? So, Feet and doll heads. What are we? Oh, man. So the the reason why? Okay, um, there's they're, they're actually figuring out a reason why they're finding human feet with no bodies and in, yeah, inside so gym, it's in gym shoes. It's because of the design of the sneaker. So the sneakers are more buoyant now. Like nowadays, modern sneakers are more buoyant and they float. And the so there's bodies. There's bodies. There's bodies in the ocean. They, you know, yeah. people die. They can't find them or they right. throw them in there, whatever. But um, the sneakers that they're wearing, they're more buoyant, so they float. And then when whatever is eating the bodies, so the scavengers, the birds, animals, whatever is in the ocean... They kind of get lazy and only eat the soft bits. Oh, and the soft bits are like around the ankles and stuff. So then they oh. they get detached from the bodies. And then because the sneakers are floating and buoyant, they float to the okay. to the shore. I think I broke my ass. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> they'll eat your ass. They'll eat... <laughs> no, your ass will be gone. That won't that won't float onto the ocean. Isn't Unless that you crazy? A, uh, that's insane. That is absolutely insane. So that's why they keep finding sh- uh, feet. feet. Because the bodies have been eaten up. They're getting eaten up by the animals in the ocean. But they're just, you know, they get lazy. Yeah. And they're like, ah, this is I too hard. I'm not going to eat around these. Fuck these shoes. I'm not going to eat yeah, these. And then, yeah, and then they just float off and then people find them. So again, it's like the the thing with the the creepy doll heads, yeah, is that whatever they get tossed or they land in the ocean, and then yeah, because they're buoyant and soft, and then they just make it into this uh, 
whatever route yeah. the water takes. <laughs> Man. Okay. Well, yeah. All right. So you'll find feet, disembodied feet in gym shoes, and mm-hmm. doll heads if you go swimming yeah. every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. Specifically, so in Texas, doll heads. Yeah. And uh, Canada, Washington, around there, feet. Feet and sneakers. If you were thrilled by the towering inferno, if you were terrified by earthquake, then you will be scared shitless by the Samuel L. Bronkowitz production of That's Armageddon. Or, uh, yeah. or That's Feet. They could just... Ageddon. <laughs> That's Feet again. You'll be scared shitless. Uh, okay, well, that was terrifying. All yeah. right. Well, 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 let's let's move on to um, scientists' gene hack hamsters into hyper-aggressive monsters. Now, yeah. This is another one that you found. What's going on? You're finding some... You are finding some nightmare-inducing stories to talk about here on the, uh, on the podcast. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I thank you very much. What, so tell tell me about hamsters that are insane. So they were doing this experiment um, where they were essentially, uh, they were trying to hack social behavior. <laughs> um, and they, they tried uh, this experiment on these specifically very aggressive hamsters, Syrian hamsters. They're apparently known <laughs> to be aggressive. So they wait, essentially wait a minute, wait, wait. Yeah, apparently wait. they're known Syrian, to be aggressive. Syrian hamsters are yeah, more these aggressive. Syrian hamsters. <laughs> uh, but they were trying. So what they did was they were trying to gene edit, and they took out the specific hormone that's associated with aggression, communication, and social bonding uh-huh. in both humans and hamsters. So that's why they're trying it because they're trying to see if they can like hack people's genes later sure. on. In, in sure. Um, so they did it first with the hamsters. Yeah. By the way, and this all this all seems legit to me because I saw a fucking David Cronenberg movie earlier today. So all, <laughs> all this seems so, completely possible. Oh, yeah, of course. So, well, because, you know, there's like a lot of people that do have that where there's just like so much aggression and they, you know, so they're trying to hack it. Okay. And, but these <laughs> scientists essentially, it, 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 it went, it went awry where, Taking out that gene made the hamsters even more aggressive uh. and more social. So they were like, so in this article um, by futurism.com, they, yeah. they, they, they said that the, the hamsters, or the, it turned into a nightmarish sounding scenario that evokes gremlin-esque playground bullies. That's... Okay, now let me, let me. Does it say anything in the article? Because I haven't read the article or anything. Did it say anything in the article about? W- 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 did was this? Were these experiments done in Syria, or did they just like? No, they just picked. This was done in Georgia State University. <laughs> they just picked these specific hamsters. They're Syrian hamsters because they're known to be aggressive. Okay. And they were like, "Well, we're trying to figure out how to make uh, non-aggressive." people hamsters so we're gonna get the aggressive hamsters but uh it turns out that they turned even more aggressive 
Wow. Now, have so you ever had a hamster? Aggressively social hamster. <laughs> have you ever? That, I think that was a band no. that I was in once, Aggressively Social aggressively Hamsters. So- <laughs> I, was, I love their first album. Uh, have you ever had a no. hamster? No. No, never had a hamster. Me Did neither. You? No, I've never had a like a never had a rat, never had a hamster, never had a guinea pig or a gerbil or any of that stuff. No, um, yeah, ne- me neither. No. Um, but my, my cousin, I, mean, I guess they're my nice. Had, my my cousin had um, that they they. I I don't know how long do they live? How long do hamsters normally live? Do we know? Oh, not that long. I don't. I think. didn't think so either. Right? They die like you know a couple of years maybe. Yeah. Max. Probably. I wonder if anybody, if you, if by the way, uh, if you ever want to uh, leave us a voicemail or an email uh, about this specific question that I'm about to ask, seven seven three four one seven six nine four eight Nick D Podcast at gmail dot com. Has anybody's kid's hamster ever died, and have you ever replaced it without them knowing? Oh God, <laughs> that's always something that I've always wondered if people have done that. Like, if can you get away with that? Like, if your kid is out, if you got a kid and they got a hamster in their room, and then the hamster's dead, and then you go, oh shit, well I'll get a new one that the kid won't know a difference. Won't know the difference. Would I wonder I if that's, that's ever worked? Really, I mean, I don't think kids are that dumb. Yeah, I just don't know if it works. I've seen it. In t- <laughs> it's been. It's a, it's a. It's kind of a. You've cliche. seen it in movies. I've yeah. seen it in movies. I've seen it in TV uh, shows. Um, you know, like uh, well, look, the gerbil's dead or the hamster's dead. Just get a new one, and the kid won't know the difference. Right. So, all right. Well, all right. Well, hamsters get they're even they get even crazier when you do science experiments. Right. Well, this turns out, and, and, you know, because they were trying to essentially get to humans to do this, they're, they're not going to. they got to work on it. they got to work on it. they got to work on it. Do you imagine? That. Oh, my God. If they did that to a human and they just get insanely aggressive, that'd be a movie. That is. That's, I feel like that's a movie. It's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I mean, that's kind yeah, of Yeah, it would, it would it essentially be a, something like that. It's a variation on Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Wow. All right. Jumping at you with their little teeth. Don't you, aren't you supposed to give them like rabbits too? You have to give them like pieces of wood to gnaw on because their teeth will grow into their brains. I think so. I've never had, I've I've never had a hamster. That's why you give them things to gnaw on because their teeth grow. I've never had a hamster, so I don't know, but I know, I guess you do put like wood chips in the I know they have to gnaw on stuff. Yeah. So So their teeth don't go into their brains, as you said. That, I don't know why I, where did I get that, but maybe uh, it's true or maybe someone just. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to find out. Well, this is, I mean, this is according to hamsterhideout.com. Somebody. <laughs> hamsterhideout.com. Hamsterhideout.com. All right. Oh. Uh, all right. Um, it was, it's, it's just like a message board, but somebody did say that they will, their teeth will grow. Their and teeth will grow if you don't. Them. Okay, all right. Well, that's. I, it's, <laughs> these are these are all these are all facts as to why I've never had a hamster and never will. So that's. And then it'll kill them. And so, it will yeah. kill you. Well, if the hamsters don't, the worms will. I have that story. Oh, Illinois gardeners are on alert for invasive jumping worms. Worms that jump. It sounds like something out of a horror movie, and it'll probably give some gardeners nightmares. But in an invasive species of ravenous. Jumping worms are slithering their way across uh, Illinois. The worms are native to East Asia. Uh, they are glossy gray or brown with a white band. And the U.S. Department of Agriculture says that they thrash around and they can leap up to a foot in the air. Yes, they can jump. 
These slimy pests also devour nutrients from the soil, leaving it unable to sustain trees or plants. So basically, they're killing trees, they're killing plants. They can destroy yeah. entire forests. There's also mild concern that this species will end up in plants sold in nurseries, and you'll bring them oh back boy. to your home garden. Oh, that's it, the Yikes. end of the world. That's the end of the world. Yeah. Illinois is one of 34 states with jumping worms, and according to the University of Illinois, they've already uh, detected, they have already been detected in 40 Illinois counties, including Cook! DuPage, Kane, McHenry, and Will. If you spot these creatures, you're urged to take a photo and submit it to your local University of Illinois Extension office. Jumping worms' tails separate from their bodies when they're caught, so experts say the best way to get rid of them is to seal them in a plastic bag and toss them into the trash. That's insane. Isn't that nuts? Also, um, I'm looking at a YouTube video right now of the worms. They don't, they look like worms. Uh, the only thing is, yeah, they do have like a, a white band. Right. Or like a beigey band or two around them. So that's how you can tell yeah. that there are those I'm, jumping worms. I'm looking at a picture, like, at a few pictures from the article here. Yeah. Well, they're out there. They're, they've invaded us. We might bring them home from the nursery and they're going to kill us all. They can jump I mean, a foot of. into the air they and could. kill us. They could kill us all. They can jump right into your mouth. Jump into your mouth. <laughs> there jump has your... to be a movie. There has to be a well, movie about worms. Yeah, there is, Esmeralda. What? It's called Squirm. Oh, boy. Are they giant worms or no, is it they're just a worms. lot of worms? No, no, it's just a lot of worms and they kill you. And there's a great scene in the movie. You you would love this. It's called Squirm. You can look it up. I want to say it's 1976-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, Low-budget movie. And it is about killer worms. And at one point, there's a scene where the worms are like digging under the skin of a dude's face. So like they're craw- you can see the worm under his skin and his the tails are hanging out. Dang. So they're like killer worms that burrow their way under your skin. And there's a guy, there's now, a scene in the movie where the guy has oh, like Oh, but they're worms. little. Yeah, they're okay, regular. I'm watching like a trailer of it. So yeah, there's, yeah. see, this is where I have no problems with worms. Like worms, fine. I'm okay with worms. But once you get masses, mass amounts, that's like where a, I'm like, nope, yeah. we're done. I gotcha. I understand. Now, now we're not talking about the sandworms in Dune. Now those are giant. Those yeah, that's gigantic. a whole other. That's a whole different. <laughs> but we're talking about actual worms. But I don't want worms to jump. I don't need that in my life. Yeah, again, jumping. Oh, my God. Sorry. I'm still watching the trailer, and a bunch <laughs> just fell out of a... Oh, no. This is yeah. like, no. I told that's, you. That's told like, you. that looked like a furry monster just fell out of a closet. It is a classic. And it's all worms. It is a oh, classic no. shit movie from the 70s that I probably saw six times in the theater when I was a kid. I'm not kidding. Not kidding. That, yeah, that's who. Yeah. Yep. And no, if you do like an, yeah. if you do like an extra search and just to see the picture of the guy because the guy's on a rowboat if I remember correctly, and I guess the his worm the bait that he had for his worms attack mm-hmm. him and they crawl under his skin and there's a there's a classic frame picture where, like if you were to like uh, squirm worm face if you like squirm the title of the movie in worm face ew you'll see the dude with the does, is there worms hanging out of his face. Oh, no, I didn't see that one. No, there was someone had it just like in there. Oh, no, it's coming out of the shower head. Yeah, wow. they've got that. That happens, too. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Yeah, that's squirm. Oh, God. Yeah, this that's squirm. Classic. Oh. If you were thrilled by the towering <laughs> inferno, if you were terrified by earthquake, 
Then you will be scared shitless by the Samuel L. Bronkowitz production of That's Armageddon. That's what we got. So here's what here's oh, what we okay. got. Okay, I got I got the picture. Oh, yes. oh, isn't that that's that's one of the most memorable Ugh. scenes in the entire movie. So that's Ugh. Squirm. So we've got jumping worms that could eat all of us and kill us. We've got mm-hmm. uh, uh, feet with no bodies washing up on shore in floaty gym yeah. shoes. We've got yep. uh, crazy, scary dolls and doll heads washing up on shore. Mm-hmm. And we got hamsters that are rage hamsters that will kill us all and eat us. That are very social. Social. They're very social. Aggressive. Very Hamst- social. Aggressive hamsters. <laughs> wow. All right. That's the latest. Now, Esmeralda, we need to do some more searching for, for more end of the world Armageddon stories that we can... But those are the oh, yeah, three I'm latest. Sure I'll find more. You'll find more because <laughs> I know you're good at finding those things. So yeah, there you go. That's. I mean, those... you got to be up on that stuff. You know? We've just we've warned you. We have absolutely we've warned you about that. So yeah. Ex- no, yeah, exactly. We're doing a. This is a public service. <laughs> exactly. Because in all those disaster movies, the people who are like, oh, that's not real. Like you know, when you when you think of. Um, uh, Jaws. Right. And they're like, oh no, what are you talking about? There's nothing. And oh. the people who are like, no, wait, I did see. I saw that damn shark. You know. Yep. We're the ones going, hey, we told keep you. an eye out. That's right. We warned you. We told you. you. So, that, so when, you know, when the jumping worms actually jump up into your, uh, you know, I live on the second floor. They can jump up through my window and kill me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right into your face. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Feet with no bodies in gym shoes, uh, yeah. doll heads, uh, worms that jump, and uh, and social and rage-filled hamsters. Rage-filled <laughs> hamsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and somebody say, "I think I broke my ass." There it is. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, so, the are you ready to try some boogers? And I don't mean the ones that you've been feasting on. The lately. ones that I've been mainlining from my nose. No. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you, yes, I don't want to interrupt. I mean, your sometimes you can't. Sometimes you can't get them all. Sometimes you know you don't have tissues, and you're just like, "This is." <laughs> you're mainlining boogers. Okay, that's fantastic. Oh my god! Well, the latest uh, piece of candy that we're uh, that we're uh, checking out here is mm-hmm. ghoulicious. Oh, that's what it says on the on the box on the corner of the box where you open it. There's a thing it says ghoulicious, and there's like a logo. Oh, it's no, it's Chef Ghoulicious. Oh, right, Chef Ghoulicious, and he's got a chef's hat on, and he's a ghoul. Of course, he would make booger candy. So this he's is boogers. Ghoul. It's a box of boogers, and it says snot your regular gummy. Oh wait, 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 wait a minute now. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Snot, your regular gummy. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So they come in different uh, flavors. Booger flavors. Yes. Uh, here, it's the Sour Box of Boogers. By the way, make sure they're artificially flavored. Oh, okay. So they don't, they're not flavored <laughs> these are, with real... These, are, these aren't natural booger flavors. Not natural flavors. booger flavors. But they have <laughs> snotter melon. Sour green mm-hmm. boogie and slime mm-hmm. apple. Those are the oh. flavors. Okay. And they look like chiclets. Very nice. Don't they look like chiclets? Yes. Got the little sprinkle Which, on yeah, them. Which, yeah, my boogers don't look like this. I don't no. know. I know. They I know say they you. look. No, they don't. <laughs> they, they look and feel real. No, they don't. Well, first of all, they don't look real. 
And they no. don't. Do they, they feel real? No, they don't feel real. They oh. feel like they feel like you know what they feel. They feel like chiclets. All they right. kind of feel like say you you've. I mean, I feel like, like this would be like an old booger that you found somewhere. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Maybe that would be the feel. Right. <laughs> so feel like. All right. We ready to taste these? Yes. All right. Tangy. I think I have. I think I have slime apple. I think that's what I have too. I don't know. Let's. Uh, we'll try. We'll try. I'm not try quite to. Sure. All three of them. Here we go. All right. Boogers. Okay. Oh, they're really sour. Oh my god. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Oh my like these. god. I like these boogers. <laughs> oh man. They do. I do like. Um, you can't really see it. At least I can't. Mm. But they do have like little cracks and crevices. They do. If you can get past that first. Man, they are sour. Oh, oh, it's not that bad. One more. Big old baby. Hmm. Okay. Well, you know what, man? These are good. These boogers are good. Yeah, I'm enjoying these boogers. They're very sour. I'm enjoying though. these. I'm enjoying these bugs. <laughs> yeah, I know. These are. Man, they're good. Okay. Um, so I don't fun- think they're that sour, but I I enjoy sour candies. Yeah. No. I mean. They're pretty sour, but like it's nothing like the, I mean, you know, the candies. There's those sour things. What are they, what are they called? The the, the most sour popular. Patch kid? Yeah, those things they're, are sour. Yeah, they're less sour than those. Yes, they are. These are good. I'm gonna eat all these boogers. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> eating, I'm eating another one. I'm gonna eat all my boogers. Mmm. Mmm. Okay. I'm telling you, if they tasted like this. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, you and I right now, you know what we're doing. We're uh, mainlining boogers. We're mainlining. <laughs> we're mainlining boogers. We're those weird kids who used to yeah. eat boogers. And we're exactly right. <laughs> All right. Well, there it is. Mm. These are delicious. Flix candy, F L I X, Flix candy, um, and uh, that's and Chef, um, Ghoulicious. <laughs> Ghoulicious. Thanks right. a lot, Ghoulicious. Sour box of boogers. We I, okay. I gotta say, highly recommended. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm ready. I, you know what? Okay, I think we're done with the episode because I th- I'm going to eat the rest of these boogers. I don't, I don't, I don't know, know about you, Esmeralda, my favorite. but I'm going to mainline some boogers. Do you have a favorite? I think it's the apple is my favorite. Mm-hmm. The sour green boogie. Same. That's, that, that's the apple one, I think. Or the slime apple, whichever one that one is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, the so. slime apple is like pineapple. Okay, but I, I'm going with the sour green boogie, which I believe is apple flavored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that's the one I got to go with. So. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm enjoying these. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> I can tell. You're mainlining them, Esmeralda. You're mainlining yeah. them. Yeah, again. Right. <laughs> mm, better than the ones. <laughs> oh, man. All right, very cool. All right, well, at least, you know, uh, if the world ends, we've got boogers to eat. Right? <laughs> they, they're delicious, though. They so, you know. delicious. All right, I'm not cool. mad about it. Oh, me neither. All right, well, that was delicious. All right, well, thank mm. you, uh Deanna for the candy. We like boogers. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm. Esmeralda's is just chowing down on the main line and on the boogers. I know. <laughs> um, so after we had tasted the breast milk one. Yeah. I went to, <laughs> I took it out to Colin and I was like, try it. You need to try. It. He, he will not try it. He won't. He was adamant. He's like, no, get that away from me. <laughs> Well, it tastes like, like I'm as not we like said. It's real, <laughs> as we said, it's not real. But as we said, it tastes like Ensure. It tastes like that liquid. Right. It tastes like Ensure. But he was, he was, like adamant. 
no. could not. He's like, no, get yeah, it away from me. I'm wow. like, oh, my God. Well, don't give him any of your boogers because these are good. No, I'm going to eat these all myself. Okay, cool. Mainline <laughs> your boogers. That's the, that's the message today. He can find um, his own boogers. <laughs> he can find them in his nose, for Christ's sake. Yeah. We make them. We make them every day. All right. Mm-hmm. Time to make the boogers. Is that what the guy says when he gets up in the morning? Time to make the boogers? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yep. My thanks At to Jason Skaggs. Duncan Boogers. <laughs> My thanks to Jason Skaggs for the lovely music and sounds. My thanks to Ed and everybody. At Radio Misfits, uh, check us out at radiomisfits.com, all the other great podcasts. Hey, find us uh, wherever uh, your podcasts are uh, available, any platform. Take the time to rate, review us, give us feedback, 773-417-6948, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. My thanks to Eric and Steve for the movie reviews. And coming up uh, on Tuesday, our good friend Dan Feinberg joins us from The Hollywood Reporter. Nice. been a couple of weeks since we talked to Dan. Uh, I actually, he got bumped, Esmeralda. Oh, boy. For Suzanne Vega, he, uh, and he understood. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he got bumped. But he's back this week, so we'll talk uh, TV with him. And thank you, everybody. It is uh, Nick DiGilio and uh, the Nick D Podcast uh, signing off for now, and we'll see you on uh, Tuesday. Thanks for listening.